If someone rubs you the wrong way or they just aren't as joyful as you are, don't take it personally. I want to remind you this morning that sometimes there's something deeper. Right? I've been taught over the years that when I'm caught off guard by someone's unexpected response, to simply ask, tell me more and tell me why. Right? How much could you learn about other people, about the needs of those around you, if you would just say, hey, well, tell me what's up. Well, why, why don't you want to do that? Right? And you can ask it humbly. You don't have to ask it with an attitude. And so I encourage you to ask and then listen. And if they don't want to talk, or if they do want to talk, they will. If they aren't up for conversation, then remember, some people can't vocalize what they're feeling. And that's okay, too. And so I want to, I've come this morning to remind you to give them space and to extend grace. And secondly, I want to remind you that, and I want you to remember that people are at different stages of their life. Right? People are at different stages of their life. You never know, as people that you approach this Christmas season, other people in your family, strangers on the street as you're out and about doing grocery shopping or buying presents, you never know what the person next to you has experienced and what life has thrown their way this past 11 months. Right? And so remember, this could be their first Christmas without a loved one who's passed away. They could be miles away from a family member, wishing that they were still together. They could be between jobs. They might be struggling with an illness. Here's one. You know, they could be ashamed. They might want to buy you something, or they might want to buy your meal, but they don't have the means to do so. Honestly, they might be an introvert. And then lastly, there are those who may not believe what you believe. So I say all that to say, just because someone isn't merry and bright doesn't mean that they hate you and your favorite season. Okay? And so as we prepare for this Christmas season, I want to take us through the study of Advent and what Advent is. And as I talk to a few folks around me, they're like, you know, I don't know that I've ever really studied Advent. You see Advent calendars and you see Advent devotionals. What does that mean? Well, basically that's just a coming, right? Your preparation of Jesus' coming. He's already, he has indeed already come, but you're preparing for that Christmas season. You're preparing for Christmas Day to allow the Lord to stir within your heart. I want to encourage you to take your copy of God's Word and turn over to the book of Luke. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke. We're going to be in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. And as you're turning there, who is Luke? Well, Luke is one of the disciples. Right? Luke was one of Jesus' disciples. Luke was also a physician. And what do we know about physicians? What do we know about physicians today? That they're pretty smart people, right? That they have to go to a lot of schooling and they have to have a passion and a desire and they study and they learn and they grow. Right? They're smart people. And so Luke was a physician. So guess what? If he's a smart guy, he's he's into details. And so in Luke's gospel, we find probably the majority of the Christmas story. Because Luke is about details. He's about calling us to remember. He's writing his book to Theophilus, which was a pretty wealthy guy in his time. And so he's writing these things to him. And to us, but he's writing to them that he may um, believe. And so in Luke chapter 1, 
we're going to be in verse 78 and 79. As we go there, I just want to kind of set the stage of where we are this morning in Scripture. So we're here, and he's dedicated his book to Theophilus. We're, the, the birth of John the Baptist is foretold. The birth of Jesus is foretold. Then Mary visits Elizabeth. And we, and we see Elizabeth and Zechariah. And they're up in age, right? But she is going to have child as well as Mary. So Mary has a song of praise. And then we see the birth of John the Baptist. And here in verse 67 through 80, we see Zechariah's prophecy. We see what he is saying. Verse 67, and his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied saying... And so we're going to look at verse 78 and 79 today. Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness, in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. And I want us to just quickly step back through this text And I want you to see a few things. Because of the tender mercy. Look at how Luke describes the mercy of God. Not only is God merciful, but Luke tells us that he is, there's a tender mercifulness. Right? Aren't you thankful for the Lord, that the Lord is merciful? But not only is he merciful, but there's a tenderness to there. There's a tender mercy, tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us on high to give what? To give light. To give light to those who sit in what? Darkness and in the shadow of death. And then he tells us something interesting. He says to guide our feet into the way of peace. So the shadow of death, darkness in the shadow of death, you see, I, I want to kind of spend just a few moments there in that in the darkness and shadow of death. Zechariah is prophesying, and he's telling us of the future. But we also need to see that Isaiah and Jesus speak of the shadow of death as well. And so in Matthew chapter 4, if you'll turn back, Matthew chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 12 through 17, Jesus begins his earthly ministry. Now, when he had heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. So here... We're quoting Isaiah. The land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Verse 16. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and the shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. Verse 17. From that time Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
So I hope you get a picture here this morning as, as Zechariah is, is prophesying that, that he and Jesus and Isaiah are all talking about the shadow of death, this time of darkness that will come. That there were people sitting in darkness and death and distress had gripped them when Jesus came. But, don't you love the buts as we talk about Scripture, as we talk about Jesus? They were sitting in darkness, but Jesus brought light He brought life and he brought peace. You see, it was a dawn of a new day because of the tender mercies of God. And here's something else that you you need to see as we study this passage of Scripture this morning, what's happening with Zechariah. His angel of the Lord came to him and he's like, how do I know that this is going to be true? You can see it there um, in in Luke chapter 1. He comes out, and he comes out mute. And he can't talk, and and they know, the people know that he's seen a vision from the Lord, that he's gotten something from the Lord. And so the whole time that his wife is pregnant, he can't speak, he's mute, and he's making signs as he's trying to help them to understand, but they can't. And so here in this verse that we're studying this morning, listen, the old priest had not said anything for nine months. But he certainly compensated for his silence when he sang this song of praise to God. This is what we're... You get a picture of what's happening here. He hasn't been able to speak for nine months. The child is born. They ask him. They look at him. His name is John. He goes from being mute to be able to speak. And so we find these words. We find these words. As I was studying, I realized that as we study this passage and the coming of Jesus and of the gospel, that the gospel does three things. It does three things. The gospel reveals. The gospel reveals. It shows that about which we were utterly in the dark. And it gives light to those who sit in the darkness. And it is the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So not only is the gospel, does it reveal, but it is reviving. Right? It brings light to those who sit in the shadow of death as condemned prisoners in the dungeon. And as I thought about that, anytime, I don't know why in this instance, but as I, as I read and as I studied that it's reviving, I began to think of the old hymn, Revive Us Again. Right? Do you know that song? Does that, do the truth of those, does that song ring true in your heart this morning? Listen, it says, We praise thee, O God, for thy spirit of light, who has shown us our Savior and scattered our night. Revive us again, fill each heart with thy love, May each soul be rekindled with fire from above. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. So as we enter this season of preparing our hearts and minds for Christmas, it's not just about gifts beneath a tree. Right? As followers of Jesus Christ, that is 
far from what Christmas is about. It is about celebrating the greatest gift ever given, ever sent to us, which is Jesus. There's nothing wrong with presence, but you will never find joy. You will never find true peace in presence beneath a tree, but you will only find true peace in his presence. Right? It's not going to be a present. It's not going to be something you buy. It's not going to be something that you get. But it's going to be someone that you spend time with, and that's your Heavenly Father. That's Jesus. So lastly, the gospel not only reveals, not only is it reviving, but it also redirects. See, as Luke tells us in this passage this morning, it is a guide to our feet. And not only is it a guide to our feet, but it's a way in which we're to have peace. To bring you peace at last. So as we think about those that we may encounter over the next few days, over the next few weeks, about the Scrooges and those people that just aren't filled with Christmas joy, Christmas spirit, right? I want you to remember a few things. There are some people among us who sit in the darkness, right? Whether they're spiritually dark because they haven't um, because they haven't accepted the Lord, or they could be in a dark place because of where they are in their lives, things that they're going through. We spoke about that as we got started this morning in James. There will be trials that come, but persevere because endurance strengthens your faith. And so, here are some simple suggestions I want to give you this morning for those who may be struggling through the holidays. Right, You might be one of them, or you might be able to apply some of this to your life and to those that you're going to see over the next few weeks. Give them space. Right? Give them space. If you sense that someone is not joyful, right, and they're just not, you know, merry and bright and chipper and jolly and just, you know, singing Frosty the Snowman and Little Drummer Boy, I mean, if they're just not, like, in the Christmas spirit, That's okay. Give them space. Secondly, extend grace. Right? Extend grace. Pray for them. As you run across those people, as you have conversations with people in the next few weeks, you're going to find people that maybe this holiday is rough. Right? We listed some of the reasons why. Maybe they lost a loved one this year. Maybe they're going to have a loved one who is serving in a faraway land. Right? In our military. Maybe they're across the country and they just can't get back home, right? But they want to be with them. So pray for those people that you know that are struggling. Invite them into a conversation, right? If you see someone who is maybe struggling, invite them into a conversation. It doesn't have to be about, hey, why are you so grumpy, right? But maybe just ask them, say, hey, would you like to... Go get a cup of coffee, or would you like to run with me? I'm going to go do this, right? It doesn't have to always be about something Christmas-related, but find ways to invite people into a conversation. And then when you invite them into the conversation, listen. Listen. Don't go in and try to just fix their problems, right? Sometimes people don't want advice. They just want someone to be present. They want someone to listen. They want someone to hear what's going on. They don't want 
your answers because guess what? The majority of your answers are probably not what they need, right? How many times have you been in a rough spot and somebody comes by and tells you something and you're like, I don't want to hear that. Sometimes you do need to hear amen, but other times, so often not than not, they're just trying to fix you. So stop trying to fix people this Christmas. All right? The other thing is just be present. As I mentioned, they don't always need your advice. The, and, and I think the important thing that we can do as we go through this, as we go through those that are in a dark spot, is that we just need to acknowledge their pain. Right? We don't need to judge them, but we just need to acknowledge their pain. Also, maybe you might ask them, if, is there something else that you'd rather go and do? Right? We get so caught up with just going and doing, and we've got to go to this cantata, or we've got to go to this event, or we're going to go to this Christmas dinner. Maybe you just say, hey, is, instead of going to the Christmas dinner, is there something else you'd like to do? You know? I don't know. Maybe you ride to the beach, or maybe you go somewhere else. You go to the movies. But ask them, is there something else that you'd rather do? I think most of all that for those that might be in a rough spot this Christmas that we just need to encourage and love them. We need to remind them, though, that Jesus loves them and is with them and that you love them as well. And so this morning as I got started, I told you there are two different groups that I've been speaking to. One, there's a group of you this morning that you need your eyes open to the things of God. Right? You've been playing church or maybe you've never fully accepted the Lord as your Savior. You know, you can't just come to church. If you were where I was now, you can't just look out and say, oh yeah, everybody's saved. I don't need to preach that message. Right? I don't need to say repent. I don't need to say turn to the Lord. But you don't know where anyone, any other person is. Amen? I've heard of, of people in their 70s and 80s you know, they've, they've, they've played church, they've done church, they've, you know, gone through the motions, and then all of a sudden the Lord grips their heart, and, and they're like, wait a second, I, I need to make things right. I need to get right with the Lord. So praise God that you're never too young and you're never too old to receive faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? And we have to preach and we have to teach that because we don't know what the people around us. I don't know your heart. I don't know your condition. I don't know your relationship with the Lord. So there are those of you that need your eyes to be open to the things of God. And then secondly, there are those of you that may be blue this Christmas. You may be mourning the loss of a loved one. You may be unsure of what the future holds. You may be hurt from someone in this church, right? Or you may be hurt from someone in your family or in your circle of friends. There may be some hurt. You may be going through a challenge in your life. Or maybe someone close to you is going through an illness. So, as we think about blue, as we think about just darkness within Christmas, why would I preach a message like this? Why would I preach a message entitled, A Blue Christmas? Why? Well, because in the season of Advent... On the longest night, which is usually the winter solstice, which is Friday, December the 21st. Why do we have a winter solstice? Because it's the longest night 
of the year. Right? And so during the season of Advent, there's usually a blue Christmas type service. But the service we're going to look at over the next few weeks will be a series about Advent and what Jesus brings to us. And there are four things that we'll look at. But as I thought about just preparing our hearts for Christmas, I want you all to remember that there are people around you that are not going to be filled with joy. And that you need to step into those situations and you need to love them. You need to give them space. You need to extend grace. And we need to remind them what Psalm 30 verse 5 tells us. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen. And so as we think about this Christmas season, as we think about these next few weeks and days that we're going to be going through, think about that winter solstice. That's the longest night of the year. And some people are in spots and they're like, when is this cloud going to lift? Y'all, weeping may endure for night, but joy comes in the morning. And I've come this morning to tell you that morning is coming. That healing and hope are coming. And they've come and his name is Jesus. If you're looking for either of those, if you're looking for hope, if you're looking for healing, then guess what? You've come to the right place. Because I've come this morning to tell you, look to Jesus This Christmas season. If I can, really quick as I wrap up this morning. This message was also inspired because I was... Spent some time a while, a couple weeks ago. And I was reminded about a truth. A truth as I studied God's Word. This morning we've been talking about the Apostle Luke. But I was reading through John that particular morning. And John gives us a picture of Jesus' humanness while he was on his earthly journey. And in John chapter 11, John chapter 11, you can turn and read that sometime this week and be encouraged by that. But listen, as Jesus is surrounded by his friends and the death of their friend, of his friend Lazarus, we read these words. Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her Weeping. Listen to what the Bible tells us. He groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And then we see the shortest verse in all of Scripture. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. So, friends, this Christmas, if you are weeping, you are not alone. Jesus weeps with you. See, what a blessing John's gospel is to us some 2,000 years later. Your Savior is one who can sympathize with you. What do I mean by that? He knows pain. Jesus knows pain. He knows suffering. He knows loss. Rest in those facts. Take comfort in those truths. And find hope to go on because Jesus knows and Jesus cares. But can I tell you something else this morning? Some 700 years before Christ, 
the prophet Isaiah spoke these words. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, you guys know this. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So this Christmas, remind yourself that you're not just celebrating a baby, but you're celebrating an entire story of our Savior who came on a specific mission, which was to save you and me. Remember, not only can Jesus understand your pain, but he felt pain in the death of his friend Lazarus. He endured suffering on the cross. But guys... His very name points to the fact that He is with us. So look to Jesus this Christmas season to find hope and rest in the one person who can perfectly understand all that you have or are currently going through. And remember, He is with us us. He is with you. Amen? Let's pray. Father, help us to see those around us this Christmas season that are hurting. that are sad, that are lonely. Father, help us to be your light in their lives. Help us to step in and to not always have something to say, but God, just an arm to be around or a hand to hold to remind them that you are with us. That there is hope and healing that comes through the season, that comes through a time of celebrating your arrival, of celebrating your birth. But Father, thank you that the gospel doesn't end there. Father, thank you that he grew into a man, that he walked amongst us, that he taught us how we're to behave, that he he taught us how we're to love you, to seek you, to disciple those around us. Father, thank you that your word tells us that he knows pain, that he knows suffering, and that he can sympathize with us, that we are not alone, but that he is with us. Father, have your way in our hearts as we sing. Father, help us to seek you Help us to live boldly and courageously for you. And help us to shine our light this Christmas season. For your glory. For your honor. And to point others to you. Father, we thank you. We love you. Amen.